What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the writers and directors of the animated short film New Moon, Coleman and Raul Domingo. JJ. Hmm? Keep a song in your heart. And you will always find your way. Coleman and Roel, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. So good to meet you. Appreciate your time. Sure, thank you. I loved New Moon. So good. It feels so personal and like joyous. Um, it just it just feels really special. Of course, this is one of your the stories from your play, uh, A Boy and His Soul, which you wrote, Coleman, and performed a number of years ago. Why was this the story that you all pulled out to to make this short? This 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 story has always been sort of the centerpiece, I think, of the whole show. And I think, you know, when we were sitting around in the top of the pandemic and people are marching for George George Floyd's murder, we were trying just at home thinking of creative ways to put some joy and light into the world. Honestly, I think that's what we do as artists and we feel like that's our job. That's our calling. And uh, Raul came up with this idea of um, adapting this short story in particular because he said it was so magical and it was doing all the things that we wanted to do and put out into the world, whether it's images about Black women or young Black boys. Um, it's about love. It's about inspiration. It's for everybody. It's for people who love their mamas, people who need some need some hope in the world. They find it through music um, or through, through their imagination to overcome circumstances. So this one did everything we wanted to do, and and Raul took the lead with that, and really made it, wrote the ad, uh, adaptation of it, because I saw it as a solo show. I saw it the way I formed it, and Raul thought it lives in a certain way, and I, I said, "Well, go ahead, take a stab at it," and he did it beautifully. And then uh, we went on this journey to, it's a, it's a beautiful journey how we found these incredible animators who wanted to work with us just by researching work out there in the world, and. They had such a great point of view on it. I don't know if it's because they're they were French or something, and they were just curious about it or have a respect for soul music and families and these people. Mm-hmm. But they I, they learned to love our story as much as we loved it and how it lives in us. Am I right? Yeah. And so I mean, they they you know the interesting thing about uh, Jeff and Jeremy, they were so open and how they went into creating it. They just really were, they stayed open and they asked a lot of questions all the time. And, you know, Coleman and I, I feel that we are so prepared all the time. So it was quite easy for us to, you know, equip someone to walk into a story and understand it and also to uh, recreate it in a, in a way from the ground up because this this is... Um, 
very different from stage play because it's animation and there's so many things that happen that are imaginative and they're sweeping and they're flowers yeah the rapid the rapid grow of plants and the way that you know they're able to sort of defy gravity truly you know and um i think uh that's where all four of us connected and in such a beautiful way because we were able to understand that it needs to be something magical before we even started I, i think Coleman and I were always really inspired by Miyazaki's movies and, you know, understanding how there's just so much magic and then it always brings you back to the reality. And there is a message of sort of bettering the world and um, giving more love to each other and to the world. And I feel like that's... But like Miyazaki, like you said, it's like, it's very generous. It's a, an very, offering. Yeah. It was what our intention was with this short. It was because we wanted to put something into the world, able to hold on to it. You know, whether it's their music, their heart, their the records of their families, people who are no longer with us. But you can still move forward. You know, just like I think that's what our intention was. Yes. Yeah. You started to answer the next question that I had, and I'd love to hear more. Why animation? Why did you see this story uh, as needing to be an animated short? I think when I first experienced Coleman's play back in back in 2005 in San Francisco there was um such a beautiful feeling to it and you know I think um in the way that I remember it 18 years ago I think I remember I remember it very cinematically but then at the same time too it's what the tools that he gives you as a, as a performer the tools that he gives it to the viewer you go you know the theater almost falls away and i think that's that's what 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 the film became and so i think understanding that how you see um this particular piece and that evocative memory as a child Mm -hmm. i think it almost becomes something so magical that it only live in animation space because with the solo show the solo show was very pared down there really was just the first production it really was just me on a stage there was some background but i didn't even enter that space really it was just about my storytelling and what do you imagine from the story and the beautiful thing is Raul will start to put into words what i possibly imagined you know what i mean what was the world what, what did the world look like in the mind of a child i love it i wanted to ask about a couple specific moments that that really stuck out to me uh, there's lots of amazing ones let god see you're open for change such a Gorgeous line. I'm assuming those are your mom's real words. Um, I would say out of the, it's funny because this, with this short story in particular, they're all my mother's words. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. I did not have to create too much around it. So these were actually things that my mother said to me. You know, let God see that you're open for change. And this is just, you know, a, a, a young boy and his mom on a summer's evening, just listening to music. And the things I knew about my mother at that time in her life was very difficult. We didn't have my, it was before my stepfather was really truly involved. And it was just the moment where my mother was a single mother of three kids. She was doing housework as well and things like that. And I, my mother put all her, I think she put a lot of energy into her children and her children. She was like, I want you to dream bigger than me. I want you to do things that I may have not been able to afford or do. And so every single line, when my mother said, I want you to go to the theater, like the white folks, she, she wanted me to do things that she believed she didn't have access to. So she was pouring all her love into me 
into my imagination and my dreams and saying I can do anything. And so that's why, for me, this is a testament in this short, is to look at my mother's imagination. Because I remember that moment so very well. I were teaching me about the new moon and this ritual that I've had for years. And what I love with love about that ritual is that now with this film, other people, like my mother lives on because other people have this ritual as well. It's something so simple that anyone can do, anyone can afford. The moment you see the new moon, to just hold your hand wide open, to hold your purse open. And for whatever that you're seeking, it will come to you. So I think that's a very hopeful message. And and I love that. I think I'm I'm a very positive human being, and I owe a lot of that to my mother. My mother set me up and to believe that this world was good and it was good for me, you know. And so I think that, you know, I, I'm a lucky person in that way because I believe in luck and I believe in magic, you know, and, I, and so does Raul. I think that was the most inspiring thing is actually watching, you know, knowing how um Coleman and and his mom, how they interacted, what their relationship was, things that she taught him. I think that this is so inspiring to know that we actually we know this straight from her, but also to now it can go and live out in the world, and, and it's not just you know not here, just yeah, it's out in the world. Yeah, what has what has that that focus on positivity, that belief in positivity? I think that's a great way to phrase it uh because so much in this world is so negative uh, understandably sometimes but um how, how do you feel like that has guided you uh throughout your life and as you've kept these lessons from your mom i think i owe and attribute success love friendship um so much to my mother um i'm very much a mama's boy and my mother we would dream together. That's the biggest gift. We didn't have a lot of money or anything, but we had a lot of dreams. And I remember my mother told me she used to always dream about going to France when she was a kid. And I had the opportunity as an actor to go to France. And the first thing I, was, I did is I saved my money from what I was getting paid, and I brought my mother to France. Because I'm like, my dreams, oh, I'm getting old. My dreams are also your dreams. You poured your dreams into me, and I give it back to you. And so I think that it's just maybe it's, just the way I've navigated these 53 years. But it seems to have been working. I feel like what if I, I, I go deeper with that. And so in times of darkness and hard times, and really, especially during the pandemic, I think that I really doubled down on what can I do to put something positive in the world? What, what can I do to make a difference? What can I do to help people continue to dream? And I think this is part of it, to be honest, is we created this in the two years of the pandemic which is just about, I want you to keep dreaming. I want you to keep going because I'm going to keep going because that's all we have, you know? Oh, what are the, I don't think I have a choice. I think it's just, I think it's just ingrained in me. My mother poured it so deeply in me. That's me walking around the world. I am a Pollyanna. <laughs> Amazing. Another moment I wanted to ask about is, is the very last moment, the, the deep, the deep exhale. Uh, at the end of this piece, tell me about that moment. Why? Why is that the way this piece ends? You want to talk about that? Go ahead. It ends that way because I would say two things. At first, I didn't understand when the animators were really pushing for this big sigh and this exhale. 
And Lowell and I, we had a couple conversations about it. Lowell directed me and, and directed the Rodisto work. And I probably, within this time, we were talking about that thought about Ma. Ma, the Japanese <laughs> thought about Ma, yeah. which is that, that space where everything happens and nothing happens at the same time. Mm. But there's something happening. There's something for you. It's a it's a gift. It's a gesture. It's something, and it does live in that space of ma, which is I'm just holding my hands open, and we're taking a collective sigh, or breath. I think, and it's whatever people interpret. I I think it could be to say, I'm not seeing the story, but it's a new beginning. We exhale the story. We take a collective breath. We did this together, right? You know, I think it says a lot of those. Yeah. I think I think the collective breath is actually because you're watching, you know, you're watching Coleman as JJ, you're watching Coleman as his mother, you're watching Coleman as Coleman as a as a storyteller, and I think you in the eleven minutes of the film, you really identify so much with all of the characters that you become sort of you know connected to them and on a on a very very basic very profound level so you uh, understandably i think there is a way to uh after you see all of that and that beautiful imagery and everything that this man tells us you take a collective breath and i think the, the breath that the viewer takes with the storyteller is where the storyteller actually hands the story to the viewers and I think that's where it's it's something that where you see kind of like a circle of life kind of a thing where um, his mom, Coleman's mom, gave it to Coleman and then Coleman gives it to you. Hmm. So I think it's just it's a it's a it's a very it's a very subtle but very conscious thing. So I think it's just it's something that also to it's very connected to the life performance, too. So that that's just lives in both spaces. People, if they want it, it could be yeah, whatever that is, it's that collective sharing. Yes. Hmm. I love that. Well, I want to ask about the the two of you working together on this project. Not all happy marriages make for <laughs> creative collaborations. Right? So uh, it seems to have worked out here. I don't want to get too much in your personal life here. <laughs> it, seems, it seems to have okay. worked out. Uh, so why were you two the perfect partners for this project specifically? Why? Uh, tell me about working together on this project. I love working with Raul. We, 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 worked, we worked together for a very long time. Um, we started informally working together because like, I trust him as a, he's a great dramaturg, he's a great editor and great mind. And so I would always pass him scripts and read this, give me notes, because he's the one who'll be very honest with me. He'll even just say things like, I think you should keep writing. And I know that my, I don't have it yet. So, <laughs> But I trust him. And I trust him. I trust his critical eye. And so... We already trust each other so much, right. creatively. Like when I tell you, and I, 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 you, you tell me because I could be completely wrong. Mm. But I, I think that we really do appreciate. I, he holds me accountable. Mm. He will. He will also just say, argue with me. He's, mm. It's not about you know. It's just about, <laughs> he, he, he will say it's about it's about this work and what you're trying to accomplish with the work. Right. It's not personal. But, and so, and I know sometimes, like even when he's directing me, I know I could be a pain in the butt because the. Rotoscope takes so many hours, and when they it's tell you the animators would send back storyboards and roll wherever we were in New York or wherever we were shooting, um, uh, I was shooting my other series in Austin, Austin. you name it. Well, we have a bag of things and lighting equipment, you name it, and set up. I'm like, 
okay, you ready to do a rotoscope? I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And then he's, you know, he would have to direct me and make sure I did it exactly right and got me together. And, um, you know, but I trust him. I know he wants he wants the best for me. I think in essence, our relationship is um, based on the fact that we always see, you know, not, not to sound like a Pollyanna, but uh, we always see the best in each other. And I think we always encourage the best in each other because I think it's, you know, out there, you can just like step out and you'll be just ripped to shreds about for whatever and however and whomever. And I think maybe if we are able to give um, this to each other, we are able to understand the world as a better place. And I think I think maybe that's where we operate from. So um, I think where my interrogation always comes from in the creative process is that you kind of, you as a as a creator as an artist you know when you have you know reached the nirvana so to speak you hit that point that that sweet spot of um where everything that you wanted to say is enough and i think that's uh that's that's how we collaborate all the time so it's it's just something that's very natural to us so uh, well, before I let you go, Coleman, you have so many incredible projects coming up. Um, first of all, do you need a nap? Are you are you tired? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, I the funny thing is, like, I, it's funny. People always ask me, like, oh, my God, you're constantly working. I'm like, yeah, but I like I go to bed at a decent time. I get up early. I go work out. I make sure I have time for myself. I go for a walk in the garden. I, you know, I make sure that I live my life as well. as well. So then when I'm working and doing all these things, I'm fully present. You know, I'm fully there, wherever I am. Like, I was just at a voiceover for A Color Purple. I got in the car. I got back here. I'm fully present with you. And I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go back to Beverly Hills. I'm going to do a fitting. And then I'm going to go to dinner. But, you know, I'm present wherever I am, you know? And then I sleep really hard. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved well deserved uh well we're so looking forward to the color purple rustin and everything else you've got coming up uh, on a personal note just thank you for this short again um as a as a dad of little ones i i just love stories mm-hmm. of parents like beautiful stories of parenthood which i feel like we don't always get that often uh no, so we, just get, hearing... we, get the parent, we get the parents blaming me story right, right, you know? right. I'm, I'm blaming the parent story yeah not... which is uh, some people's valid that's experiences valid but but you know i i just appreciate you hearing the way you talk about how your mother you know just dreamt with you that's really beautiful and something that i like mm-hmm. will carry into parenthood with me so i just appreciate you oh, saying that for sure Man, sure. thank you so much. Let, let, let me do the world. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Colin and Roll, thank you. I appreciate it. I uh, hope to talk thank to you again. Thank you, Daniel. Best of luck. Uh, same to you. So good to meet you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the writers and directors of the animated short film New Moon, Coleman and Raul Domingo, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. New Moon is up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards for Best Animated Short Film. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time.
You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.